Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are powerful. You're a warrior who bathes in your enemy's tears. Then you step out of that refreshing tear bath and into a bathrobe that somehow looks good on you. Yeah, you can pull off a robe. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you save money for driving safely with Snapshot from Progressive. Mmm, savings you can use to buy more robes. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Hello guys, welcome to this special episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Yes, a uh, big warm welcome to everyone from a chilly Oslo out here. We're back after a few weeks, but we are happy to be back. So, as we near the Christmas season, we're going to have a whole bunch of festive specials on our show. So guys, please do remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and Audioboom. In this week's uh, special episode, we're going to talk about the 2017 Formula 1 season. Yes, we know it's over. We know who've who's won the world championship. We know who's finished 6th. We know everything that turned out. But we're going to talk about our best and worst moments from the 2017 Formula 1 season. And of course, since this is the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast, we're going to also talk about the funniest and the most humorous moments in this season. You know, frankly, when uh, we're going to be doing this episode, we are actually going to be describing the 2017 Formula 1 season in one word and when I can tell you this is probably the toughest answer to give. So You can shoot out your answer to us in the comment section or on my blog and uh, let's see what you come up with. Great so guys please sit back enjoy this special episode and in fact on this episode we also have Nikola joining us. And so hey welcome to the show Nikola. Hello <laughs> and welcome to the pole position where we discuss all things Formula 1 and motorsport. Uh it's been a great 2017 Formula 1 season and we had a lot of exciting times a lot of dramatic moments. lots of action that happened and of course we've been discussing about it all throughout the year but just to wrap up the season to look back at what's happened the moments that stood out for us especially Lewis Hamilton winning his fourth uh, title so we just going to go back and see how the season went and of course as usual to discuss everything about uh, F1 motorsport and the sport that we all love i have with me kunal shah and mithila mehta our F1 podcasters writers experts and as they're joining us all the way from Norway hi guys it's really good to see you hello i really excited about this episode there's a lot of cool stuff that we're going to talk about yeah so uh we're going to give out a few awards so to say you know just best moments best races and uh in case you guys want to chip in with your own opinions throughout the show uh put it in the comments and we'll take that up as well so uh before we just start off when we started the season which is way back in march uh we made our predictions you know for all of us we predicted who we thought would be the top 3 so let's just see if uh, how we did and how that went so i'll just pull up the predictions <laughs> i think all of us uh, it's been such a long while i think none of us remember what actually happened yeah it's been so, a long uh, yeah it's been such a such a long long season so just to see how you know we did when we started because i the first preview show that we did was for us to sort of uh discuss who we think would do well um uh, 
Okay, so I'll just go over them. Let's see. I'm a little scared because I don't know. Why <laughs> you guys remember your predictions? This is like a report card. <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay, so I'll start with uh, Kunal. You because I you picked uh, Hamilton, Vettel, and Raikkonen in that order, and uh, I went with Hamilton. Uh, Raikkonen. No, you went with Hamilton, Vettel, and Raikkonen. I went with Hamilton, Raikkonen, and Vettel. Clearly, we had a lot of faith in the Ferraris, and Mithila, you. <laughs> Had Hamilton, Vettel, Bottas. Wow, she got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how you did that. You nailed it. You know, I don't know who. <laughs> I'm feeling very proud of myself. Is there like an oracle ball that we are missing out on? <laughs> you know, we know what we predict for next season, and if that works again. <laughs> yeah. There's the person who's a Raikkonen fan. I'm surprised that she didn't uh, have him in her top three predictions. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I clearly put in a lot of faith in the, both the Ferraris. I expected them. Well, you know, in our defense, Kunal he did finish fourth, <laughs> so it's <laughs> not the top three. He made it. Uh, of uh, you know, just I mean, it wasn't the just fourth, but <laughs> he was fourth. Uh, but clearly, the Mercedes outpaced the Ferraris. All you know is what we can conclude. I think from this season, do you think it was? Uh, it was a great battle initially. and we finally had someone challenge mercedes in this this era especially but do you think at the end of the day you can just say that mercedes were faster on track i would say mercedes were faster on track yes they were also smarter in the pit lane in the uh, in the engineering factory in their decisions and uh, you know when the going uh, got tougher the tougher got going and in this case there was mercedes that came out tougher as well yeah uh and mithila your thoughts like do you think you know uh, in the end we just saw why mercedes have been so dominant and well ferrari just fell short yes i think mercedes managed to keep their game together even when it looked like ferrari had the upper hand when they knew that their car was a diva that needed a lot of handling and managing despite all of that uh, mercedes kept going they stuck on um you know they they put um, their faith behind lewis hamilton and they made it work for themselves so i think on all those fronts uh, mercedes are a deserving world championship winning team ferrari will yeah. be disappointed no doubt but i think that's what uh, the season is all about you know that you win okay. some <laughs> so to just refresh uh, viewers memories and our own memories uh <laughs> Uh, that's that's what we went with last time. No, that <laughs> just we thought of. <laughs> I think that's that's true because you seem very happy at your prediction, <laughs> and uh, you know <laughs> it was right. So uh, kudos to you, <laughs> and I'm glad you at least one of us got that right. Uh, but I must say that we, the 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 screenshot that you just put up actually has <laughs> us in the podium finish positions as well. So Mitchell. <laughs> Wow, Kunal, what a no! <laughs> I had two out of three right. Okay, so I was second, yeah. and I was to her yeah. right, and to her yeah. left, who uh, who came third. So I'm really excited to see what we do next season. We should definitely do this because it's just so much of fun. <laughs> yeah, and I I had almost forgot what I said because I remember <laughs> after testing, you know, the Ferrari seemed like they were up to challenge Mercedes and. That's what pretty much panned out, but obviously, I'm. I think my Raikkonen fandom spoke a little too much there. <laughs> but okay, so just uh, since this is our review of the 2017 season, before we get into 
you know, more specific moments and more specific races. If you were to just describe the 2020 season we've had in one word, what would you guys pick? Yeah. <laughs> I, I let you go. Okay, First. I'm going to pick the word uh, anticlimax. Okay. That's what the season means for me. Uh, Mithila? I'm going to go with the word quadruple because we had a hopeful quadruple world champion and a quadruple world champion battling it out. And the outcome is there for everyone, you know? Yeah, I think I'll just go with engaging because as a fan, you know, just speaking as a fan, there were just there's so many moments where you were actually clued into a race and you were eager to see the outcome of it. And um, especially the first of the season. And also everything that Liberty Media and the sport has sort of been doing through the year to sort of engage more fans and to connect with fans, which really I felt was a great part of this season. So I think that's that's my word for it. And just uh, let's just continue with these uh, best best awards that we gave out. Your best moment overall. Uh, my best moment overall would be Max Verstappen's win in Malaysia. For the very reason that, in my view, and I'm sure a lot of people agreed with the view back then, this was uh, this was Red Bull Racing's first win on merit in this yeah. hyper-turbo era. So in the past, they won every time Mercedes or Ferrari have floundered. But Max Verstappen won so dominantly that even Lewis Hamilton post-race said that it was pointless to even fight with Max Verstappen. That's true. Uh, Mithla, if you had to pick your best moment. I think my favorite moment of the season was actually right at the start. So after the first race of the season, you know, uh, we were all probably expecting it to be, you know, a bit of a battle, but more Mercedes dominant. And uh, Sebastian Vettel really surprised us all when he, he won the first race of the season. And I think he finished almost 10 seconds ahead of the Mercedes cars. So uh, just to have the, uh, the season get off to such a flying and exciting start, uh, that was amazing. I was so excited for the rest of the season at that point. We all were, actually. Yeah, I think that set, sort of set the tone for the season. And uh, we have a few fans uh, chiming in with us. Uh, hi, Mohan. Hi, Sayed. I hope you're watching. And so, in case you've just tuned in, we are uh, reviewing the 2017 season and how things went. And uh, we are picking our favorite moments from the season. So, if you have something to contribute, just put it in the comments below. And we'll take that up as we go. Uh, and... Uh, that was obviously, you know, your favorite moments of the season. But what do you think was the best race, which had everything? The right amount of drama, action, excitement, and maybe a great result. <laughs> I think my favorite race, uh, or rather, yeah, my favorite race would be Baku for a lot of reasons. Uh, first, of course, being that Daniel Ricciardo won. Okay. Uh, then he, he actually overtook two or three cars into turn one while, uh, you know, chasing down for the win. Then we, of course, saw Vettel and uh, Lewis Hamilton's rivalry at its peak when Sebastian Vettel drove into Hamilton and what Hamilton thought was disrespectful. And then uh, we had uh, Valtteri Bottas overtake Lance Stroll meters before the finish line for second place. So all in all, Baku was like one of the perfect races that I would show a fan or, or a friend who's uh, getting involved into Formula One for the very first time. Yeah, that's 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 uh, Daniel Ricciardo up there. Yes. <laughs> oh dear, he looks so happy. <laughs> Kunal, I would agree with you. So uh, I was also thinking as you spoke about what my favorite uh, race of the season was, and I think Baku wins simply because it was like 
it was so exciting it was so unpredictable and it was a bit of a freak race actually yeah i, I can't imagine you know wettel going into hamilton behind the safety car and hamilton losing out on the win because his headdress came loose and uh, and then a very popular uh, winner in daniel ricciardo so yeah. um, i think that was like the high point of the race for a lot of fans yeah i think uh, you guys have made a very good case of parkour I think just in terms of the racing, I would maybe just pick up Barcelona because we had a lot of action. Like we had yeah. so much that happened, you know, on track, and uh, ultimately, obviously, Hamilton won that race. But uh, just the start that it had, the overtaking in it, uh, the crashes, <laughs> and all of that. So, um, so that's the uh, I think something that I would I would pick as a close second. Maybe I think Baku was definitely one of the more unpredictable races. If, if um, I had a third, it would be Monaco because that was a race that woke the Mercedes team up, and they realized that if we have to win this season, we need yeah. to deliver and we need to stretch ourselves far more further as a team, and that's what they ended up doing. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we have a comment that's just coming from Syed. He he says, "I'm looking forward to seeing the rivalry between Ferrari and McLaren going forward." Of course, we'll do a whole section on what to look forward to in 2018, and uh, of course, as we build up to the next season, we will talk more about that. But uh, interesting because uh, Ferrari have clearly shown that they are challengers for the title. Can McLaren do the same next season? That's something we will watch out for. uh that was obviously all the racing you know everything all the action happened on track but like i mentioned there was so much so much to look forward to even off track this season uh we had social media you know the formula 1 social media team doing a really good good job they teamed up with snapchat we had hamilton instagramming we had all of that and we had a lot of uh, celebrities chipping in in their own way but your favorite off track moment that you thought was really nice or sweet or surprising My favorite off-track moment would be Max Verstappen overtaking Kimi Raikkonen at the United States Grand Prix, and I remember it was like a last lap Valentino-style maneuver, which uh, you know, which helped him uh, grab the third spot on the podium. Only to know minutes after uh, that he was actually given a penalty because the 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 ambitious overtaking move actually happened, and uh, that brought up. topics on uh, discussions on uh, track limits and where uh, drivers should draw the line etc etc but that was probably my uh, most uh, awesome off track moment if i may call that <laughs> uh mithila if you had to pick your favorite off track moment Well, um, I would say that my favorite off-track moment was doing this video show with you guys. Everything you've got—it's been amazing fun. Uh, more seriously, though, uh, I think th- there are two moments that I was quite uh, excited about. Uh, firstly, was the London Live that um, Formula One had right uh, before the British Grand Prix, and it was very promising because it gave a very strong indication of where Liberty Media wants to take the sport. how it wants to take it closer to the fans to the big cities and to the real pulse of racing uh, i think the second thing that even nikola you uh, you've been talking about this uh, was the entire swap between um, mclaren and toro rosso and honda and renault and uh, uh, you know how that whole drama played out and right in the middle of the season it wasn't in the off season so yeah uh, that, that was really exciting for all of us fans Yeah, color science switch teams immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there were there were so many of these you know sort of surprising uh, moments like you know because 
which is why I think it was such a great time doing this show with you guys because we got to speak about so many things. I remember yeah. Raikudin's walk in the desert after crashing his car, <laughs> which became like a meme on social media with yes. everyone, uh, you know, um, coming up with their own photoshops. And he, the, I remember the F1 account them, themselves tweeted a very funny video. And yes. I, even though it was upsetting, it's a, also, to see that. I would also like the end of season drama that we saw between Toro Rosso and Beno, where... Yeah. Uh, Rosso strongly believed that Renault were giving them uh, under quality engines just because of their fight for sixth place in the championship. And all of these, uh, you know, moments just made Formula One fun between the races as well. And that's exactly what Liberty Media uh, is trying to do to keep up the engagement and interest levels very high between uh, the, the fortnight uh, gap that we have for every country. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we also saw a lot of uh, wacky, hilarious moments with uh, the radio comments, especially adding to that because we heard the drivers very clearly. So if you had to pick that, you know, <laughs> if you had to pick something that just stands out because it was so hilarious or so unexpected or so ridiculous, uh, what would you guys go with? I'd go with Daniel Ricciardo. Everything that Daniel Ricciardo did outside of the car. Okay was memorable, was funny, was wacky, was humorous. He's just brought this different air of ease and air of fun, uh, you know, a fun-loving Formula One driver in the paddock. And yeah, that's actually my most memorable moment. So Daniel Ricciardo picked up Lewis Hamilton's phone while on the podium in Japan. And I don't know how many other drivers would have dared to do that. But not (laughs) just did he pick up the phone. He went on to Instagram and went live from Lewis Hamilton's Instagram account. And I think that's absolute daredevilry stuff. And the only one who could ever pull this off with so much ease uh, and so much and make it so much fun was Daniel Ricciardo because we saw he was making faces, uh, you know, on the selfie camera. It was also really good to see Sebastian Vettel being his most uh, humorous best at the uh, press conference, the uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And, you know, we've often spoken about how Vettel has a really uh, wicked sense of humor. He does some really interesting uh, yeah. of Formula One drivers. And he cracked this whole joke about how, you know, he should des- uh, he deserves the, the fair play award for being the <laughs> driver on the grid. And then he was like, actually, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, this was the last uh, race uh, press conference, right, where Hamilton said yeah. that Formula One should give out a clown of the year award. And (laughs) if I was uh, to give a clown of the year award, it would probably go to Kevin Magnuson. I'm sorry. (laughs) There was this one uh, press conference where he was sitting between uh, Wettel and Hamilton and he had absolutely nothing to say and he looked so bored because clearly there were no questions for for him. And this is right after, I think, that incident uh, on track where there was a lot of tension between both the drivers. But I remember that uh, Raikkonen fan moment as well. That was something very sweet that yeah. they did. And that obviously got them a lot of brownie points because they actually went out of the way to make sure that fans were taken care of. And just to see that little boy uh, lit light up when he saw <laughs> uh, his hero sort of to die in front of him. That was sweet. And that, I think, would, is something that would stay with a lot of fans after the season. Of course, uh, there were also a little, you know, when we were talking about all these highs, there were plenty of lows as well. Uh, we talked about lots of penalties. We talked about, you know, uh, maybe teams not really sticking to the rules. But if you had to just pick a moment where you feel that, oh, you know, this if this had not happened, the sport would have been better off. 
uh, from the season that's gone by, or maybe just something that you think wasn't fair or wasn't cool. Uh, what would that be? Well, if I could pick uh, two, the first would be McLaren Honda because clearly we've been missing uh, McLaren battling up at the front. But you know, like I keep saying, that the McLaren Honda has actually brought out the humorous best in Fernando Alonso. So you win some, you lose some. But yeah. honestly, the one a very disappointing moment was the manner in which Danny Kivak was uh, dropped by Toro Rosso. So we all know how his Formula One dream turned into a nightmare last year and then this year. And instead of you know working with him and trying to get him up to shape, and I'm sure Toro Rosso tried their best, as did Red Bull. They just dropped him like uh, you know a hot potato, or maybe in this case a cold potato. And uh, I don't know what Danny Kivat is going to do next. We'll talk about it later in the show. But that was definitely a moment that Red Bull could have probably avoided. We know they're ruthless with their drivers, and they like that. But in this case, uh, Red Bull clipped his wings. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mithila, maybe your disappointing moment. I think the entire spat between Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg was yeah. uh, it was it was really disappointing actually. And you know the fact that there was like verbal abuse being flung at each other, and there were like some pretty unsavory moments there uh, on camera and all of that. Uh, especially keeping in mind that you know, a Formula One is trying to attract younger audiences. Uh, B, there is you know, as the pinnacle of motorsport, as they like to call themselves, there is some respect that needs to be uh, uh, around attached to the sport. And it really didn't help Kevin Magnussen's cause because his equity in the paddock is anyway so low. And then for him to be engaging in this kind of behavior, like it's almost like suicide in a manner of saying. So it was very disappointing. Yeah, uh, I think just the whole McLaren Honda partnership for the way the way it ended, you know, after three years of expectations and anticipation, and ultimately uh, a divorce between the two teams, you know, which was as early as September, we knew that the the partnership is ending. I think it was all disappointing, especially for Alonso fans, you know, who had their hopes out, but hopefully <laughs> they can turn it around in twenty eighteen. Uh, that's obviously one thing to look forward to. Yeah. This season but, was also full of surprises. But we can't end this uh, section of most disappointing, unfortunate moment by not addressing the elephant of the season, which was Vettel driving into Hamilton in Baku, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, initially everyone thought uh, that Hamilton brake tested Vettel, etc. And then yeah. Vettel back to him. And then, of course, in the start at Singapore. So, these two moments, had they not happened, uh, and you know, it's always good to look back at the uh, championship in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, but had these moments not happened, we would have seen a different end to the Formula One World Championship. I'm not saying Vettel would have won, but I'm sh- I'm saying that at least the battle would have, uh, you know, existed till the uh, the closing races of the season. And that's why I described 2017 as a bit of an anti-climax. Yeah, I think Singapore was when it swung in sort of. Hamilton's favor, you know, yeah. we had to like pick a turning point maybe, but till I, I think till that moment it was a pretty good season <laughs> by all standards. So, but as I mentioned, it had a lot of surprising moments as well. You know, there were, there were, we were, we were quite shocked a lot at how things went a lot of times during the season. So, uh, your maybe driver or, you know, incident that just surprised you or you were not expecting. Uh, easiest to remember what Lewis Hamilton did to Valtteri Bottas in Hungary mm-hmm. because 
know, we keep hearing of how if you want to be a multiple world champion, you have to be ruthless, you have to be selfish, yeah. you have to be aggressive, you got to look out only for yourself, etc., etc. But when Lewis Hamilton actually gave the podium spot back to uh, to Valtteri Bottas, even somebody like a Nikki Lauda turned around and said that, listen, uh, you know, maybe Lewis is going to regret losing these three points to Bottas, but. The the karmic benefit of this is what probably act uh, you know acted upon uh, Lewis's uh, campaign later on in the season, and this was definitely one of the most heartwarmingly surprising moments for me from the season. Uh, Mithila, maybe your pick for something that really surprised you and you weren't expecting. Um, I think the most surprising thing that set the tone for this season was the fact that Nico Rosberg retired last season, mm-hmm. and we continued to see like ripple effects of that all through this season. Um, I think the other thing that I was very surprised about was Lance Stroll actually yeah. claiming the podium. Yeah. The fun of him, you know, and we continue to do that occasionally when he performs like way under our par. But at the same time, he is the only driver outside the top three teams to have scored a podium this season. Even Force India, for all their points and double finishes, yeah. did not manage that. So yeah. it was surprising. It was nice. It was a little bit of a um, triumph for the underdog, so to speak. So, yeah. I was I was just very pleasantly surprised by Esteban Ocon's performance. You know, I I know you guys have. You guys are huge fans of him, and uh, you're really looking forward to what he does in 2018. But just the fact that he came under, as you know, like nobody knew what he was capable of. He's he's a young teenager, very new to the sport, and obviously that Formula One uh, seat next to Sergio Perez, he was under a lot of pressure, and he held his own a lot of times in the season. You know, especially that uh, radio message where he just goes like, "What is he doing?" I think I'm not going to forget that. But yeah, I mean, uh, it was really good to see Force India, you know, have that consecutive fourth place finish, have those double points finish, and they continue to, you know, uh, make the most of what they have. And of course, S1 Ocon was a big part of that. So for me, that was a very surprising aspect that I really did not see coming, uh, and it made for a great story for Indian fans of the sport as well. So that was nice, and uh, you know. Just looking at the season overall, uh, there's someone who's asked us what was your highlight of uh, 2017. Uh, Sayed put up that question. You know, if we can just like look look back and talk about how the season went, and uh, looking forward to 2018. Yeah, I think Sayed should actually tune in again into the show from zero dot double zero. But anyway, my point is uh, there were lots of highlights, and you know, since you were talking of Esteban Ocon. He was definitely one of my bigger highlights from uh, the season, and I'm excited to see what Esteban Ocon could do in 2018. Because let's remember, uh, Mercedes has uh, a seat, potential seat, in 2019, which uh, may be hotly contested by Bottas, Ricciardo, and Ocon. And I still get the feeling that if if Ocon does what he did in 2017, if he repeats it in 2018. Uh, he might just get the promotion ahead of even something like a Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, and uh, in- interestingly, like you know, uh, we've been talking about what to look forward to in 2018. So uh, there's another question that he's asking about: Will the teams remain the same, or are we going to see any changes? Because we saw plenty of those in the season. So going ahead, we know the uh, drivers who signed up, who you know extended their contracts. 
and we also know uh, Sauber's already announced a new driver for next season. Uh, what other changes are we expecting, or what are like if you guys could just recap what we know so far going ahead? Sure. So I think that the the form factor will definitely change next season because teams would have learned this season. They know where to improve, what their their weaknesses are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They will push the envelope further in terms of engineering innovation, something that Formula One has always been known about. So mm-hmm. I do expect uh, the top order to remain the same, but they will be closer as well. And uh, my gut feeling tells me, and I know Nikhil is going to now play this again for predictions uh, for next season. <laughs> Ferrari would have found their way around their reliability issues, and they know that if they they can work around their reliability, they probably have the faster car than Mercedes. So then Mercedes is not going to be sitting and you know hatching eggs and celebrating Christmas through the entire uh, winter. And uh, although I must say that with the Renault power, I'm curious to see what McLaren can do. It will be extremely tough for Force India to still stick on to fourth position next season. And yeah. uh, the one big announcement that I'm still waiting for, and I hope it really happens, is that of Robert Kubica. If he mm-hmm. makes a heroic comeback to Formula One with Williams, I can tell you 2018 has already gotten too interesting for me right now. Yeah. You know, uh, Mithlavi, uh, as even Kudan mentioned, like it was a bit of an anticlimactic end. So, do you think maybe uh, there's a way that Formula One could maybe fix that, uh, maybe have more overtaking? As drivers have obviously been asking for it, where we heard Hamilton say that you know it's, it was almost impossible to overtake in Abu Dhabi. I think. Uh, do you think maybe that they should change around something to just ensure that the season does not end on such a note? And yeah, I mean, um, I agree actually because the season ending so early. And so uh, dully, it, it doesn't go well for the sport or the fans for or for anyone for that matter. Uh, yeah. The fact is, Liberty Media is well aware of this, and they've also spoken about this. Kunal and I have discussed uh, DRS several times, you know, as something that um, is uh, maybe taking away from uh, racing in its pure sense. Um, at the same time, Liberty Media has spoken about how they want to make cars uh, follow each other more closely, you know, just so that they can keep pace so that we have more overtaking in the real sense and not the manufactured sense. And hopefully this would kind of translate into closer races and then closer season. Uh, this is obviously not a fix that would come just in the first season. It's more like a, a, a journey that they've undertaken. But I know that they're thinking about it and I'm excited to see what's in store for all of us fans. Yeah, and this was sort of almost the honeymoon period for Liberty Media because you know, it was like the full first season in charge, like first full season in charge. And now going ahead, they have bigger concerns to address, obviously. But uh, what do you think they've gotten right so far? And what do they still need to do going ahead? I think in my view, they've got the marketing part of Formula One pretty right because like you mentioned about social media and like you mentioned about the fan engagement that they've been doing uh, you know, during races, between races, after races, on television, on social media, they, they pretty much fixed what Bernie Eccleston never believed he needed to do. He never believed that Formula One needed to market its own self. And uh, Liberty Media have come and fixed that. But the part for them to fix is what Mithila just spoke about, which is fixing the product of Formula One. You know, yeah. fans want exciting races. I mean, Max Verstappen, of course, has turned around and said he'd love to dominate Formula One, the way, uh, you know, like the way Lewis Hamilton did. But hey, that's the driver's perspective. If you ask the fan, we'd love to see unpredictability. We'd love to see more competition. 
We'd love to see more closed wheel battles. And if this means that Liberty Media gets into changing how the cars behave, you know, uh, when they are together on track, maybe they should look into that. We actually know that they're looking into that. The other aspect they are also looking into is, for example, tracks like Abu Dhabi, which are spectacles. You know, you race in the sunset and the lights come on. But can you make certain changes to the track where you allow for more opportunities rather than uh, you know sticking to processional racing? So. Fixing the product is always going to be more fun. Liberty Media is going to face even more challenges because Formula One is pretty democratic in its ways, and it's one of those rare sports where the participants are allowed to make the rules. So let's remember it's it's got that additional layer of politics involved, and uh, it's it's easier said than done. You know, we know that Ferrari have already issued quit threat, so one doesn't know how they're going to fix it, but uh, yeah. they definitely have to look to fix it sooner than. later yeah and of course on the innovation side we are going to see the halo cockpit make its appearance now uh opinions still remain divided but we spoke about how we think safety first and uh, that's something that we are obviously looking forward to but uh any terms of what the cars the engines or the tires uh like the technical aspect of what do you think uh maybe they need to tinker or change something Or 28. Definitely, they definitely need to work around the aerodynamics because the cars are so aerodependent that uh, you know when you get close into the car, you know when you get, when you have two cars close to each other, and the dirty turbulent air from the leading car impacts yeah. the car that follows, you are you're of course not going to have drivers wanting to close and attempt an overtaking maneuver unless of course you're Max Verstappen. but uh, you know you got to make it easier for the drivers to not get so impacted by following the car so they will have to definitely work around the aerodynamic structures of the racing cars yeah uh mithla uh, you know obviously we've seen the sport get younger with uh, felipe massa's retirement we just have i think five there are just six drivers left who are 30 plus and we have uh, eight drivers who are under 25 with five of them even being under the age of 21 and uh Charles Leclerc obviously is the newest addition to that young lot uh, are you seeing maybe and obviously what happens the leading man from those guys but uh, do you think one of these guys could maybe spring a surprise or you know be on the podium next season as well yeah i'm actually excited because you know while uh, the big guys uh, namely um, Vettel and Hamilton have been battling it out there are younger drivers who've really mm-hmm. been making their mark um max verstappen crucially but yes there are a lot of others who've been getting opportunities um perhaps uh, 2018 will be the last year we see kimi raikkonen on the grid and uh, you know the fact is i really hope he goes out with a roar and not just a whimper uh, you know setting you know like vacating place for the young guys to come in but not just bowing out simply like that and uh, you know just to add on to the conversation that you guys were having about liberty media and the future of formula 1 mm-hmm. i find it really interesting that uh, liberty media is actually uh, leveraging the equity of its drivers and teams i always feel like bernie ecclestone was too scared to do that because he was scared that the drivers and the teams would become bigger than the sport and leave him redundant uh, liberty media is not scared to do that so whether it's uh, cashing in on kimi raikkonen's fandom with the younger fans or uh leveraging the content the fun side of uh, daniel ricciardo they're not scared to do that and that's serving the sport really well um yeah. we also know that 2018 has pirelli bring a whole new bouquet of tire compounds for us 
uh, this is going to complicate life a little bit for us fans and make it a bit harder for us to actually understand uh, the strategies that are happening in real time on track. But I think it'll be better for teams uh, from the lens that they'd be, it'll be easier for them to find a tire compound that suits their car perfectly. And, um, you know, hopefully it would lead to more engagement on track. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, while the season, we have between seasons, but we will be having uh, more in-depth conversations, more articles, more opinions from Kunal Mithila as well as on the show. But before we sign off, what are you guys most excited about for the 2018 season? I would say I'm most excited about uh, Esteban Ocon. <laughs> because uh, he, he is a phenomenal driver. But let me, let me actually take a step back. I'm most excited about the young drivers that have mm-hmm. been Formula 1 in the last 12, 15, 18 months. You saw Charles Leclerc be announced by, uh, with uh, Sauber. We know that Lance Stroll is there, and I'm still mixed opinions on whether he's talent only or he's got money bags, and hence he's a talent. So various other things. We know that Toro Rosso has actually, you know, got Pierre Gasly, who's former GP2 champion, and then uh, we've we've got Brendan Hartley as well, who's not all that uh, young in Formula One terms, but you know he's still young in Formula One terms. It's still going to be his first full season next year, which then makes me uh, think that. Marcus Ericsson is going to be the only so-called pay driver on the grid next season. I don't know how long he's going to last because I certainly believe that uh, Ferrari is going to work really hard to uh, try and get Antonio Giovinazzi uh, into uh, Marcus Ericsson's seat as soon as they can. So all in one, I'm really excited about all the young talent that we're going to see in 2018 because once the Vettels and the Hamiltons and the Raikkonens and Alonso's of the world go, I'm pretty sure we're going to have an Ocon versus a Leclerc versus a Verstappen, uh, you know, fighting for the world championship, say about five or maybe seven years or hopefully earlier down the line. Yeah. Mithila, uh, what are you most excited about in 2018? Uh, I'm actually extremely excited about the 2018 silly season because we know that a lot of contracts are opening up in 2019. There's going to be a lot of movement in the top teams. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see uh, our favorite drivers in new cars. Yeah. And of course, uh, it's the off season, but we will continue to bring you everything from the world of Formula One. And of course, we extended our coverage to Formula E as well. So uh, if you want to check out how the All Electric Series is doing, uh, head to First Course to read up on what Kunal and Mithila have to say. And of course, uh, just to keep in track with the sport. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining for this really fun episode after a whole season of the Formula, uh, the first post pole position show. It's been great having you and I hope I see you again very soon. Uh, thank you so much for watching as well. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We hope you enjoyed our moments. If you agree with us, tell us. If you disagree with us, also you can come ahead and tell us. And we'll definitely see you in a few days from now. Adios. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, 
Is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.